It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Success Line. I am excited to be here, your host, Ben Fairfield. And today we have an awesome guest, Mr. Patrick Kilner. And Patrick is here, uh, as all of our guests are, to have a conversation around an opportunity they're facing in their entrepreneurial walk. So, Patrick, thank you for being here with us today. Ben, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. So, so tell us, uh, the listeners, myself, about Patrick. Who are you? Where are you? Uh, give us your, your rundown and your background and your story. So Ben, thank you. I, I'm I'm in the real estate game here in the DC metro area. So I own a real estate, small real estate team, about ten people or so, and um, have been doing that for about eighteen years. As that as that company has evolved, I've taken more of the role of of a trainer for new talent that comes into my organization. Um, and that has iterated to the point of training people at the brokerage level and as well as, um, as, as a regional level at this point. And most of that training has been through the real estate lens. Um, but about two years ago, <clears throat> I was training a class of business owners, not just real estate agents, but business owners. And we were talking about lead generation and, and how they could drive revenue. It was, about, it, was a, it was a mid-year checkpoint for them. We're talking about how to drive revenue to their bottom line. And, and I said, you know, listen, you're halfway through the year. You're, maybe you were a little optimistic. Sometimes we are as, as small business owners. We get in our own heads and you might be off pace for where you want to be by the end of the year. If that's the case, I want you to think really hard about what the lead generation tool that you might have in your back pocket is that you can deploy tomorrow and between now and the end of the year, next six months, close that gap for your revenue. And I had them all write that down and hoping that I would get to some really cool conclusion. And, you know, this is sort of a mastermind session. I said, okay, so I'm curious. I've always believed that what you do on a daily basis, you should be excited about. So how many of you are excited about executing on that lead generation strategy from now until the end of the year, and then for the next three years, every day, two hours a day, five days a week. 40 people in the room, not a hand went up. <laughs> I'm not, okay, there's something, there's something off about this. <clears throat> and so I said, well, I'm curious, if, if, you're not, if you're personally not excited about it, how many of you who have kids would be excited to teach your children this lead generation tactic? And of course, not a hand raised. And so it got me thinking, you know, there's something broken about how we think about lead generation, how we think about business development, if that's the case. From that came a book, which was just released in October called Find Your Six. And, um, and the subtitle of that book is Stop Lead Generating and Start Building Influence. And, um, and that's what I want to talk to you today about, Ben, is I'm really good at driving revenue to to a service industry, right? I've done that for 18 years and, and had some really strong success. That's how I provide for my family. I'm now sort of in this period where I'm, I'm now 
getting into this thought leadership world um, and the creation of and the codification of ideas in writing a book, a first book, something I've never done before. So now I'm, I'm moving from trying to sell a service and being successful with that to selling a productized service, not quite a good, but a book is a good, but it's really a productized service and being in Amazon's world and trying to sell a book um, in a super crowded marketplace. Um, and that's what I'd love to understand from you is, is how, to, how to go about as a self-published author hitting the ranks of, of a bestseller first on Amazon and then, hey, if we could shoot for the, you know, swing for the fences, why not New York Times bestseller? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, fascinating story. That's what I love about this the show is we get to hear from so many different people and walks of life and experience. So, uh, so congratulations on the success you've had and congrats on the, the book being released. And that was one of my questions. Is it self-published or published? Because I, I have a number of friends who are uh, are and have written books, and they've actually found the self-published route is much more beneficial to them, and it's a, a much easier process, and it's the, the technology has changed that world a lot, which is pretty neat to see. So, yeah. so that being said, you've, you've, you've discovered some superpowers that you have, and you wrote a book around these superpowers, is what I'm understanding, Find Your Six, Stop Lead Generating, and Start Building Influence, which I think is, is beautiful. Tell me more about the superpowers that led to the book. Like, what is it? You don't have to give away all the secrets because we want them to buy the book, of course. Sure, but like, sure. give me a, a as we're having a conversation here. What is the premise of of the book, or what's the secret sauce of the system, if you will, that makes your your product offering different than the competition? Yeah. So, uh, and thanks for asking. I kind of came up in in the ranks in in real estate right before two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when everything sort of hit the fan, and. Everything that I learned prior to that was in the lead generation paradigm. Smile and dial, pound the phones, knocking doors, <laughs> all of that, right? Getting kicked out of buildings on the commercial side, residential side, similar stuff. Um, there was an old paradigm. It, it, there, this, this is something that can only come out of the 1970s, 1980s. It was, it was called sweat hogs. And they oh, yeah. teach you, right? Scripts, yep. dialogues, objection handlers, all that stuff. <laughs> and the problem was, so all the people I'd been learning that from who'd been in illustrious careers up until 2008 were doing great. 2008 hit and a lot of those people took early retirement. And I realized I had to go figure out what the key was in people who had weathered their own storms successfully. Because the people, and what I started to see is the people who relied more on a lead gen paradigm didn't have deep enough relationships to pull them through the disruption that was happening in, happening in their industry. Mm. The people who had deep relationships were the people that survived and actually thrived through that downturn, actually built businesses in the National Association of Realtors world. That population went from 1.5 million people to 750,000 people in about two years. So literally cut in half. Um, and now... You know, 10 years later or more, we're finally back up to 1.5. Okay, so just to give you sort of a sense of the scale of, of sort of the, the carnage, if you will, in the, in the marketplace, I started looking at other industries and I thought, well, how many, how many travel agents do I know anymore? Disruption kills you if what you're doing isn't unique and valuable enough mm. um, and if it's not deep enough with the client. Um, how many financial planners do I know who have lost business to the Schwabs of the world. 
right? So you see this trend of disruption, whether it's an innovative disruption or it's a, or it's a marketplace disruption because of something like what happened in real estate. So that's the, the premise is not only are you disruption prone if you're doing lead generation, but it actually also, and this was the discovery of that classroom for me, it actually strips you of the joy of doing business if you wouldn't teach it to your kids. And so it's sort of a double-edged sword. And what I found was I knew that I wanted to be in business for a long time. Um, I grew up in a family business and, and grew to love business through the lens of working with my dad. Um, and, and, I, and I want my, my family business to be that for my kids. But that can't happen unless dad's excited about what he does. And so it came from a very sort of paternal instinct as well. Fast forward, I'm training people and I, and, and I started seeing the success of this model with people who would have otherwise not had the same success. Um, and, and I started researching, I actually, when I started research, researching the book, I, I sat down with about 60 really top-notch high performers across all sorts of industries, mostly in sales industries, some in the for-profit as well as the non-profit sort of fundraisers and that. And the people that had had the longest term success also were not really, they were more business developers and less lead generators. And I make that distinction in the book um, and, and, and go back in the book and tell a story about where we actually first began talking about lead generation. We actually didn't even use the word prior to 1976 when it, in, in sales, it was pretty wild. And so what shifted when we started talking about people as commodities, as leads versus mm. relationships? And, and how to regain that and become disruption-proof in an age where we're getting disruption disrupted constantly. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's it's really, really interesting, the, the, the premise. And I, I mean, I think, of course, it is absolutely on point and on target. We, I was having a conversation with a client the other day uh, that the change being the only consistent thing in our world, disruption's a type of change, right? And, and we had this conversation around that, that you're going to experience change either way. It's either change by choice or change by force. And unfortunately, too many entrepreneurs, to your point, are, are making it change by force. And, and for a lot of them, at that point, uh, they're on their heels. It's too late. They're, they're put on the, the defense and they don't have a strategy to execute to get on the offense. So, so I appreciate that context because that gives me a you know, better idea uh, of, of what it is we're looking at. So, so we're, we're wanting to, the book is targeting uh, entrepreneurs, business owners who are wanting to kind of get back to the heart of their business and, and shift the paradigm, if you will, is what I'm hearing you say from uh, grind it out, make the calls, hate life, back to I enjoy seeing my people. I look forward to calling them or stopping by. And if I see them in public, I don't try to duck. Is that what you're saying, essentially? That's, that's essentially, and, and we go into what those people, who the people are that you're trying to find, right? You, instead of trying to find thousands, which is a lead gen model, you're only trying to find six. And, and you know, that's the, the secret sauce is focus on the most important people. And what I, what I tell people is that you're now, you're shifting from lead generation to being in talent search mode. Just like when you're hiring, you're looking for a specific type of talent for your organization. You're just looking for external talent to help build your organization in this paradigm. And, and so when it comes to folks in service industries, um, young professionals who are building their own networks as well have found this really useful. Okay, awesome. So, so timely and relevant content, no question. 
Um, you can tell you're passionate about it, which always helps. Uh, so <laughs> hard to write a book say, without that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then that comes together and you write a book, it releases October. Uh, I'm assuming it's available <laughs> on Amazon. You said it so, is, yeah. so all of that is, is in motion and in at play. Uh, so, so specifically all that said, uh, what brings you here today? What's the, what's the biggest opportunity we can unlock? So I think there's a lot of great ideas out there. And what a lot of authors end up doing is, is believing that their idea is going to stand on its own and somehow market itself because it's just so darn good. And the reality is it may be brilliant. It may be mediocre. There's plenty of mediocre ideas that get marketed really well. Mm-hmm. But regardless, my, the, the premise I'm, I'm beginning to operate under is that if it took you two years to write the book, it's going to take you two years to market it well. And to get the word out and beat beat your own drum uh, and 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 build your following. One thing that I've done Ben over the years is is I'm pretty good at marketing, but I'm not good at tribe building. You know, real estate agents don't build tribes typically. And really, when you're marketing a book in air quotes, in order to have the real success that you're looking to to build, you're really looking to build a tribe around the ideas, especially around a book like this, which is, you know, I'm taking aim at something that's like sacred in the lexicon of sales, right? Um, And there's going to be people who hate on it. And there's going to be people who love it. I want to go find the people who love it and build that tribe. Um, And so a few things, social media has been relatively anemic for me Mm -hmm. in trying to get the word out. What's been interesting is people see it and they'll comment on it and, um, and, and that's, they, they thumbs up, it's great, but it doesn't actually drive sales that, that we can so far tell. Um, podcasts are actually super helpful because I think when you're able to explain the idea and cultivate a relationship verbally with people, as podcasts I believe do, those seem to work really well. Um, and so I've had a lot of people say, hey, I heard you on this podcast or whatever, um, speaking about this, and I'm buying your book. So there's been some realization over the last two months of just as we've released, sold uh, probably about 500 copies on, on Amazon. Amazon saw us as a, a new, uh, they, they give you a, a little flag, one of those little flags, and it says, you know, number one new release in a category. And in, in, in the Amazon world, you can pick multiple ca- categories to go into. So in at least one of my categories, I was in number one new release for the first 40 days or so. Um, so good, some, some good early traction and good early reviews, but I want to take it to the next level and I want to hit that bestseller status. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. So, so just to make sure I've got everything down here, I'm taking notes. So uh, what we've done so far is, is podcast and social media. Is there any other, any other um, strategy that you've executed to get the word out? Um, <clears throat> not, not really, no. I, you know, the uh, COVID is kind of, put the damper on, you know, big events and that sort of thing. I have been asked to speak at a few events, um, but those are poorly attended uh, in general. Um, universities and, and the like, you know, have, have, have gravitated to this idea as well. Some, some folks teaching sales and marketing. Um, but again, uh, you know, it, it's really, it's building that, that larger audience that wants to follow, you know, what you're thinking about. So I'm looking at guys, you know, like James Clear, who's mm-hmm. built an amazing audience. 
right? Um, Cal Newport built an ama amazing audience. Um, Seth Godin, clearly. So you've got folks who have really built um, built tribes around ideas, and I've been trying to deconstruct how that how that actually happened. Um, and interestingly, uh, it hasn't happened because they paid for it. Right? It happened right. because of the, the strength of the idea, but also the conveying of that. So that's that's what I'm curious about. I'd, I'd love your your thoughts on it. Sure, sure, okay. So so ultimately, uh, we're we're looking for how do we get the the right message to the right market to create a uh, a movement, if you will, a group of people that are passionate about this this message that want to then take it, uh, implement it, and share it with other people. Is it fair? That is fair. All right. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can go here. And I'm going to just be honest with you that there's I don't think there's one right way. Uh, I don't think there's any particular wrong way either. It just depends on your objective. Right. So uh, we know that the, the Russell Brentons of the world and Jim Edwards and a number of people are, are very big on the, the, the cost plus shipping or free plus shipping. Right. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what your costs are for production, but that may or may not make sense. That's one route to go. Uh, and obviously a lot of those, uh, those strategies, uh, really start on the front end of a release and really try to build big momentum and get lots of copies sold and lots of them out there into the world to get a lot of buzz going. Now, um, you mentioned, uh, Cal Newport, you mentioned a few others. Uh, one thing that I know that many of, of them did, and I'm curious if you've done them or not, um, is Ted talks were how a couple of those people got started. Now, I know that there's TEDx in smaller markets as well, and they're, they're not all that hard to find, but I'm curious, is that something that you've considered that you've pursued? It is not, um, mostly because I, I, I frankly haven't looked into it, I, and I assumed that you had to get invited into that. No, so some of the smaller regional ones you can actually apply to be at. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I, I know for certain, but I would imagine your, your content, what you're bringing the message is relevant to enough people and could be packaged in a way that isn't industry specific, that it would be appealing to them. So, so one, one way to be able to, to get that going, because if you look at early days of Simon and a few of the others, it was when one of those Ted talks went viral, that really was the, the starting point that someone could point to. It's not to say that they didn't have success before, right? but what led to what we know today as those people and their following Really, it started back with some of those uh, viral videos. Now, uh, a couple of other questions I have for you. First, how are you uh, sharing pieces of this concept and this message with the world? Uh, I know social media, but how are you how are you taking this and giving some of this back to the world and, and giving people a, a peek inside of, of what the bigger concept is? So uh, I'm really glad you asked this because I thought I had like the key here. And, and maybe, maybe it just has yet to go viral. Be leading up to the release, I cut videos with people who I knew had had success. Um, kind of went back to what I had done to, to research um, the book. And I asked them on, on camera. It's a, it's a, it's a mini um, episode, if you will, three to five minutes of talking to them about who one of their six has been for their career. And so we have a mini episode of that, and that's been released primarily on LinkedIn. And it could be that LinkedIn is just the wrong forum as well. We've started to mix it into, uh, into the Facebook world. Um, and actually, it's been, it's been better played on, on LinkedIn than on Facebook, but uh, not to a viral status. 
And so we've, we have about 35 of those. And we're in our last month of releasing those. So we had about three months of content. Then we're in the last month of that. It's going out, you know, business days every other day or so. Okay. Okay. So the next question I have for you is, who do you know that is an influencer? And I'm not talking about a Simon Sinek. But let's start a little bit lower level. But who do you know that's an influencer in any of the industries that would benefit from this? Um, that, that you could potentially connect with and get a copy of the book to and, and have some discussions with? Who comes to mind? I immediately start thinking about universities. Um, and I don't know if that's the right place to go, but I, it would be, it'd be a fairly easy entree for me um, to, to make intros to deans of business schools and, and, and that sort of thing um, and, and get connected in there. Um, I, I, I hadn't thought of this, but a friend yesterday said to me, have you thought about, um, you know, people who fund new ventures, you know, if it's a venture capitalist, um, who, who have, who are basically sitting on boards for new ventures and could they get it out or accelerators as well. And I hadn't thought of that route, but similarly, sort of a, it's a similar idea to a dean of a, of a business school. Um, hopefully as well. So those are some of the angles that I, I've been thinking about this in. Absolutely. Okay. So so let's break it down by industry. So I'm just going to go to real estate first, just because, again, it's not limiting it to real estate, but just for example's sake. Uh, if, as a real estate uh, broker myself, so we're in the same same realm, um, You know, I know that this would not resonate with a Tom Ferry or a mm -hmm. Mike Ferry necessarily, right. right? It's just not, it's not their jam. It's not their, their um, approach. Doesn't mean it's good or bad, right or wrong. It's just not in alignment with theirs. However, I do believe that there are a number of people that are influencers in that industry that are trusted trainers and advisors that would be very much in alignment with this. It, it yeah. is so- a Brian Buffini type of- Bingo. I yeah. was just, yes. Yeah. So how do we, how do we find those people? And, and that's a great name. And I would keep brainstorming on this list, but, but all you have to do is get this book and this messaging in front of some of those people. And all of a sudden now, when they resonate with that content, you have a much better chance of them being passionate about getting that message out to the rest of the world. And oh, by the way, most of these people have their own podcasts, they have their own YouTube shows, they have their own everything, and they also have a big following, right? right? So it right. could be an opportunity to tap into some of that. And I think you could extrapolate that and do the same process for uh, insurance and for all the different verticals that, that are in sales or have a sales component that could benefit from this approach and this thought process, this paradigm shift, if you will. Uh, I think you could follow the same process to find who are those, those who are your six, huh? Who are your six? That you, you can go it. find for this this purpose, right? Yeah, um, I uh, yeah, Larry Kendall also is another one who who actually was kind enough to do in one of these short interviews with me as well. I just called Larry out of the blue, said, "Hey, how'd you get published?" We had a great conversation. He was incredibly generous. Ninja Selling, yep. if you've heard of that. So um, he was he was excellent. So uh, that's a great reminder. And why not why not go do the industry where I'm most valid? is I think kind of where you're saying to start. Bingo. I, we can, I, I see this all the time in myself as well. So I, we're in good company, but I see this with entrepreneurs and myself as well. We have, we have such passion and such big vision about what it is we're doing that our strategy matches the size 
of the passion and the vision, and that's not bad. However, when we start with a strategy that big, we, we tend to accomplish very little of, of any of it. Franklin Covey did a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. Mm-hmm. And they studied, I don't know if you've read it, but they studied groups that set zero to three goals, three to five goals, and then seven plus goals. And, and the only ones that actually accomplished anything were the ones that narrowed their focus and set fewer goals. And so right. that's where I was going with this was how do we, for, for a season, for the short term, how do we narrow our focus into the industry you're most uh, close to or comfortable with or well-versed in? You could speak to that industry with your eyes closed, showing up with no notice. You know it. You eat it. You sleep it. You breathe it. Now you can make waves in that industry, which builds the momentum to then take into the other industries that you want to reach out to. Awesome. Love it. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> so so let's, uh, let's go one other direction if you're, if you're good before we, we call this a, a wrap. But uh, the social media thing, and, and I was talking to... Uh, TC, who is uh, our incredible producer mastermind. He's the brains behind the organization. He makes this whole thing happen. Uh, But we were talking before we started recording here about how interesting it is that there's there's been a lot recently, a lot of conversation from entrepreneurs and folks calling in that that it's all variations, but there's variations of a similar theme. And it's, it's how do I get my message to the intended market? Right. Right. And so I don't want to belabor it, but at the same time, I think it's worth talking about here because I'm just having this conversation with a client this morning before this call that that online advertising has gotten so noisy. It's gotten so competitive. As a result, it's gotten so expensive. And the problem is uh, our intended audience as a result of that is just flipping through, scrolling through. Right. They're seeing a lot, but they're not consciously aware of what it is they're seeing. And so how do we shake them out of that? How do we take something about what you're bringing to the market, your message, how do we get that straight to them so it hits in between the eye, gets them to stop and consider and think? How do we, how do, we do that? And, and I would argue uh, that we, we need to, and I have this concept we shared a couple calls ago on the success line, this micro niche concept. Hmm. So we've heard for a long time that the riches are in the niches, and, and that's true, but now the evolution of, of our culture and society, now we have to almost look at micro niches or sub niches of the bigger whole. And so what would your what would that subgroup be of your target audience? And that's why I would suggest picking an industry and starting there and going full force. It'll allow you to laser focus and laser target those people who most resonate with your audience with your messaging rather to, to create this audience and this movement that you absolutely have the ability to create. Uh, the, the challenge right now is it's a noisy world. And there, there's a lot of people trying to get the eyeballs and the ears of a lot of these people. The question isn't how good is the content. The question really is how effective is your strategy to get it in front of the right people. I love it. So in back to the idea of go focus on what I'm most valid to train on, to coach on, um, where my voice is, is most valid to, to the audience. I love it. Um, would you go even smaller than like within real estate? Would you say, okay, well figure out, do you go to newer agents or would you go that, that one thing ask, if you will? I don't think it hurts. I I think coming up with a strategy, I, I I think going to like for in this example, real estate agents is, is a, a drilled down niche. And I would argue that for effective results that you're looking for, the strategy is going to be different to target newer agents than it is to target the senior agents. Right. Right. It's two different audiences who are looking at two different things and have two different life experiences and are going to respond to two different messages. 
It's all messaging about the same thing, but the way in which we communicate the offering to them is, is likely going to be vastly different. So I would argue inside of the real estate space, if that's where you're focusing, you probably need to come up with a couple of different strategies to execute for the different subgroups within the real estate industry. Uh, you know, the, you think, I think about right now with the real estate industry as a whole, as you said, the numbers have come right back up, which is crazy. Everybody's uncle's third cousin's brother is a real estate agent right now. Uh, the crazy thing about that, though, is most of these people have never known what we know to be a normal market. Right. They don't know what a normal market is. They, they freak out if a listing doesn't sell in 30 days. And I can remember way back in my career where if it sold in six months, we were happy. Right. Yep. So so they don't know this market. And so that's what I'm just using that as an illustration. Our our message to reach the right market has to be different even inside of a subgroup. We're going to have a different strategy to reach both of these groups of people, the more experienced folks and the less experienced folks, because both are feeling the pain of this. I think any entrepreneur feels the pain of, if I have to make one more cold call, I'm going to hit my head against the wall. If I have to go <laughs> knock on one more door, I'm right. going to lose it, right? So if you're an, an entrepreneur or anybody listening, you've experienced this. I've experienced this. I know, Patrick, you have. Like We've all been here. So this is something, you've got a great topic because it's relatable to a lot of people. It's not a matter of, is it good content? It's how do I connect the content to what the pain this, this group is feeling? Right. And that pain is going to be different dependent upon their experience, in my opinion. Fantastic. Well, it makes it a lot easier to find your six once you're focused on a specific niche as well. And, and that's been one of the things that we've been talking a lot about on my team. Um, just how, where do, where do you go focus that, that firepower? So this is super helpful. Thank you, Ben. So what are we going to do with it, Patrick? I'm glad that it's been helpful. I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation. And I end every one of these the same way by asking, uh, you know, knowledge without execution is worthless. So what are we going to do? What's your plan of attack going forward? What are your next few steps to implement what it is we're talking about? Well, I, I think the, the brilliant piece that, that I have here from you is really going and focusing on some of those influencers within the real estate industry and believe that they will, they'll, they'll give you an audience that they'll, they'll be willing to partner with you. And, and one of the thing that, things that's been very prevalent in my mind as you've been talking, Ben, is how can I add to them, right? So reciprocity is a really powerful thing. And, and believing that the content is good enough that I can give it to them and allow them to, to take it and run with it and, and that all ships can rise with the tide. Um, and instead of what I think uh, can easily affect all of us is these, these guys are going to see me as competition, just trying to use their platform. And that's been, frankly, as you were talking, I thought that's probably what's been holding me back within my own industry. Mm. Yeah. So what happens when we shift that thinking, we remove those limiting beliefs and we see it as uh, we can help each other. Like I see a path where we're, we're not competing because right. let's be honest, you and I compared to them and their audience, like they own that audience. They, I'm totally. thinking of the Buffinis mm -hmm. of the world. I'm not competition for Brian Buffini. Those people know Brian Buffini. Mm -hmm. And that's great. So I'm not here to compete. I'm here to help. And what I know is a lot of these influencers, they're seeing the, the market change. They're seeing the evolution of our industry. They're, they're, they're seeing exactly what you saw that led you to write the book. The difference is you have a solution and they may not. Well... And to believe that they'll, that there's, there's a degree of honesty and humility to say, Hey, I don't have to have all the answers, even though I've got this big audience. 
and I'm willing to to work with you. And actually, Larry was he was eye opening when I talked to him. If, if people who are listening you haven't heard of Larry Kendall, total class act, amazing guy, took a phone call with me for an hour and a half without ever ever having met me, and um and and so I've got to give Larry a call first and say, yeah. <laughs> Larry, if you had to go approach Brian, what would you do? Yeah, I, and Patrick, that's ex- that's like my last point where I go with a lot of folks in in this regard is success leaves clues, right? So why not go to these influencers? And that can be a great way to get your foot in the door with them without asking for anything to start other than saying, here's what I've determined. Here's the answer I bring to the the problem that the market has. I just want to pick your brain. How would you execute this strategy? Because I really respect you. Right. In that process, they're going to be hearing about what it is you're offering and your solution to the pain the market's experiencing. And, and that will create a wonderful conversation that doesn't start by you saying, I want you to do something for me. It starts by saying, I really respect you. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this because, man, you've done a heck of a job. You continue to. And I, I want to be like you when I grow up. So can I run something by you and get your opinion? Love it. Well, that sounds pretty executable to me. <laughs> awesome, Patrick. Well, uh, Patrick, one more time. The book is called Find Your Six, Stop Lead Generating and Start Building Influence, available on Amazon. Love the concept. It absolutely applies to entrepreneurs regardless of industry. Uh, but it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's great to meet you. Uh, congratulations on the success you've had. And I'm going to be excited to watch where this goes moving forward because I know it's going to be big. That's a total pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. What an awesome concept of taking sales back to being relationship-based, away from transactional, away from customers being a commodity. Uh, I love Patrick's concept and idea and his book to take sales back to being person-to-person, a relationship-based business. And in that process, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs have had the same challenge and struggle that Patrick has. Maybe you haven't written a book, but you likely have had a challenge of figuring out how to get your message to the right people. How do you break into an industry? How do you take your idea or your concept on a startup or on a launch and get it in front of the right people as fast as possible? Now, as you heard, Patrick has had great success. He wrote a book He sold 500 copies, and to a lot of people, that would be great, but I can tell Patrick is passionate about wanting to get this message out to more people. And so I want to challenge you, just like I did Patrick, to think outside of the box. Check the limiting beliefs that you may be holding on to that are holding you back from getting what it is that you desire. What's the story that you might be telling yourself? In this case, maybe Patrick thought he was going to be seen as a competitor. Why would someone else want to help me? when they might see me as competition for themselves. And and what I will tell you is more times than not, for those that I coach, those limiting beliefs exist one place and one place only, and that's inside your mind. More times than not, the fears that we hold on to, the limiting beliefs, the things that hold us back are things that never actually come to pass. However, if we don't keep those in check, they could hold us back from having some incredible opportunity and reaching heights that we never thought possible. So I want to ask you as a listener, what limiting beliefs are you allowing to stay in your mind and in your world? What limiting beliefs are you currently falling victim to? What limiting beliefs are holding you back from taking the step that could be 
the step that makes all the difference. That's what we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Success Line. As usual, we'll be here same time next week. Follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I'm active on both and I love connecting with our listeners over there. Direct messaging, lots of conversation happens. It starts with you making a connection with me there. Hope you all have a great day. We'll see you next week. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.